Welcome back to Morning Trade Live. Market's pretty calm right now. Generally the same situation uh, from a few moments ago before the ECB hiked 50 basis points. Let's bring in Lizanne Saunders, the Chief Investment Strategist at Schwab Center for Financial Research. Good morning, Lizanne. Good morning. We've got a pretty uh, interesting session underway here already as the ECB chooses to go 50. What do you make of Christine Lagarde's decision here? Well, we, we know in the last, I guess, 24 to 48 hours that uh, folks at the ECB had reached out to lenders um, to, to find out what the potential contagion risk was. So I suppose one could infer that they didn't hear anything um, terribly alarming. And, and this comes, of course, uh, alongside the announcement that they had secured a, uh, you know, a credit facility with the uh, Swiss National Bank. It's also the case that, you know, Lagarde had recently not just telegraphed that it was 50 basis points. You could almost see it as a pre-announcement. So uh, maybe there was some thought of of what the signal would be if they backed off what had essentially been a, a pre-announced 50 basis point hike. So I think that's what's happening. Uh, so the conviction seemed like the market uh, uh, had on the ECB was a bit higher uh, even yep. before the banking situation. It seemed like they were a lot more locked into 50 than the Fed was. Uh, what do you think this means for Powell? Can he get a little coverage here if he wants to do something now? Well, I, I'm not sure he's helped if he was hoping the data would uh, point more definitively uh, in the direction of either make sense not to do anything or 25 basis points. The housing data was quite strong today. You saw another move down in initial unemployment claims uh, slightly better on continuing claims, although that's been a bit more flat and range bound recently. But you did get a pretty significant plunge in, in Philly Fed. And of course, we know that the um, February jobs report, even though it was headlined as strong, there were mixed signals in there. CPI, the focus has been on hotter core, but it was also a little bit mixed because outside of, of core, for the most part, it came in in line. I, I think that leaves the Fed in a position probably to be more focused on any potential additional news between now and next week's FOMC meeting, which ends on Wednesday, in terms of contagion in the, the banking system. We've got you know additional news out on First Republic today about um, them potentially going on the, on the block. So I think that's where uh, you'll see the potential needle move uh, associated with whether they go not at all or 25 is, is just additional banking news between now and next week. How do we uh, assess, Lizanne, if this is uh, something uh, that's more extreme? I mean, it's the bank, so there's obviously sensitivity in the connection to everything that stems from financials. But we've seen a lot of bankruptcies or near bankruptcy chatter or kind of assumed bankruptcies over the past year. Companies, some that just went public like two years ago, are already uh, failing. How do we try and figure out if this uh, bank situation is just kind of part of that uh, cleaning of the froth, uh, or if there's something that um, is a pain point that's unnecessary that's now been, you know, uh, caused by by the Fed. Like, how do we make that distinction between just kind of natural collateral damage or unnecessary? Well, uh I mean, I, I, there's always collateral damage when the Fed is in a hiking cycle, and and you can only assume it's a bit more when you have the most aggressive 
cycle in 40 years. And there are implications for that. Things are breaking. And I, I think there's connectivity in terms of what happened with um, Silicon Valley Bank and some of the problems in the world of, of startups. And it is all tied to not just aggressive tightening in monetary policy, but the fact that it, it's coming up off the zero bound, in the case of the balance sheet, coming down off a $9 trillion balance sheet. And at least indirectly, the, the Fed essentially admits that they probably stayed on the zero bound too long and they didn't start shrinking the balance sheet early enough, but that's in the rearview mirror and nobody can do anything about that. It's just a question of what we do here. But the implication of the effect of coming off the zero bound in such a rapid way is that we are seeing with the return of the risk-free rate and what had been an environment that made price discovery difficult, that liquidity environment fed into less liquid areas with so much money going into VC and private equity. And we're starting to see the unwind of that. And it's not necessarily all embedded in the banking system. It's just zombie companies, startups that were able to stay afloat because we were in such a low interest rate, high liquidity environment. And, and that ship has sailed. And, and now mm. we're starting to, to see you know, who's swimming naked, so to speak. Okay. Um, the, uh, we're looking at the implied uh, uh, Fed rate for June based on futures, uh, something that you tweeted out recently, and obviously there's this big drop. Is there a possibility that maybe Powell does something next week but then says, hey, I'm done? That That's possible, yeah. I, I think that if the data is supportive of 25 and not uh, zero, particularly if there's not any additional potential contagion news in the in the world of the regional banking system, then yeah, that's a possibility. He ends up saying, you know, we're we're doing 25, and then maybe I don't think he says definitively we're done, but I, I think he could telegraph that unless either something comes out of the blue or there's a much more significant move higher in inflation. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we think it's pretty decent chance that the Fed is close to being done. Call it another 25 basis point move, maybe now, maybe June. But yeah, that's mm. possible. Okay. Thinking about stocks, uh, looking at companies' performance in the last 10 days, obviously the banks have gotten hit yesterday. The energy companies uh, took a real uh, shellacking as well. So I guess there's some message about uh, recession maybe getting priced in higher, but uh, how is that offset by some of the speculative kind of low quality stuff that's rallying again? It's it's a it's funky market behavior. There's no question about it. And you can you can find inside some of those leadership statistics that you talked about, or where leadership is not residing, that there is an assumption that the economy weakens from here. We know uh, credit conditions have uh, have tightened. Even prior to SVB, we had seen a tightening lending standards both on the commercial side and on the consumer side of, of things. But what seems to be getting priced in is, okay, higher recession risk, potential credit crunch, but therefore the Fed is finished sooner and will be cutting rates sooner, beneficial for the economy. What's what's sort of missing in the analysis there is the interim period of the attendant weakness in the economy and how much that bites in terms of things like earnings growth, which is obviously the key component of valuation other than prices. So 
um, I, it seems to me there's sort of a missing ingredient in that narrative in terms of, well, what's the actual economic weakness, how severe, and how does that impact earnings? Okay. Uh, the uh, data, as you mentioned this morning, just to come back to that real quick, housing strong, employment still pretty firm. Uh, do you view the housing strength as uh, uh, ultimately financial condition loosening? I mean, can, is Powell going to look at some of this and go, you know, hey, there's some, there's some stuff he'll work, here working against me still? So, I, I, you know, the, how, how much housing influences what the Fed does on a meeting-by-meeting -meeting basis, you know, we'll have to see. And regardless of what they do, I'm guessing he may be asked about that. But we also have to think about the carnage in housing that preceded all of this. You know, we, we've talked a lot on your program, Oliver, about this notion of a rolling recession and how housing and housing-related was one of the first areas that went into a deep recession. So at some point you you start to see stabilization and an improvement from what were those recession conditions in housing and housing related and we had started to maybe get a little telegraphing of some improvement because of the st stabilization in the housing market index um, put out by the nahb which is a key sentiment indicator of uh, of builders whether this is truly the beginning of another decent move up obviously that's going to be rate sensitive and mortgage rate sensitive but with the with the recent plunge in yields and the changed expectations for terminal rate and when rate cuts kick in, I think that gave a fill up to, to some of this housing news. All right, great stuff. Uh, connecting all the big points for us. Thanks, Lizanne. Appreciate it. Hi, Oliver. Thanks. Taking us right into the bell here, Lizanne Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Schwab's Center for Financial Research.